0: Welcome to the NC4 Podcast. We exist to know Christ and make Him known. Discover the power of a connected life by listening to this message from God's Word. The title of today's message is Gathering in the Light. And the theme of our last three weeks so far has been the theme of gathering, God's people gathering back together. Um, This is the third week and I'm gonna be focusing on the light of God. About 36 years ago, I was made a manager of a warehouse in Langhorne, Pennsylvania for a major food company. It was my first job, and uh, what I didn't know, actually until I got into it, was it was the largest, toughest Teamsters union in the country. And it was my first management job. It wasn't easy walking into that. But I made real good friends with the shop steward. We formed a tight bond of unity, which we'll talk about later how important that is. And a place that used to have grievances from the union stacked that high constantly from what I heard, in my entire time there, they had one grievance. And that got shot down by the shop steward himself. Because what we did was we met every morning at the coffee machine. There was an Irish guy named Eddie Collins and I'm half Irish and we would just talk. I'd say, look, I I want you guys to have a good work experience and I want to have a good management experience. Let's not fight, let's work together. And when the union saw that, it just brought a calm and a stability. About two weeks into that job, we noticed that our merchandise was being stolen. People were coming in at night, climbing the fence, finding ways into our truck yard, breaking the padlocks on our trucks, and stealing merchandise. And it was adding up fast. It was adding up to a probably 1000 $2,000 a night sometimes. And my boss and I, we were walking the perimeter of the yard. We were looking for how they were getting in. And we thought we found what was the access point. So we just called the contractor and had him put in some extra fencing. And that didn't do the job. And in fact, in the blizzard of 96, where the governor shut down the roads for I think three days, these people still came to our truck yard and you could see the footprints and they busted open the trucks and they stole our merchandise. So my boss says, Mike, just make this headache go away. People always, they, I have that thing about me. They just say, just go handle it. Just take the headache away because that's I love doing that. I like being the second-in-command not the first and I said well, what's my budget? They said don't worry about the budget do whatever it takes to secure this yard true story What they didn't know was that about 20 years before I was guarding nuclear weapons on an aircraft carrier so to tell me I have no budget And no constraints, and to secure that was like giving a kid a pass to a candy shop. And what I'm about to tell you is absolute true, it's no exaggeration. I walked the yard and I thought, I know what I'll do, I'll get razor wire, like big beautiful razor wire around the whole thing, that'll secure it. Next morning I get a call from our legal office in Illinois, Mike, yeah, you can't do that. Why not? well, somebody might get hurt when they're climbing the fence, (laughs) but they wouldn't get hurt if they're not breaking in. Yeah, but still we'll get in trouble. I said, but that's not fair. They said, boy, Mike, we can't do it. You're going to have to find another way. True story. I go back in the office. I'm just brainstorming. What can I do? I know what I'll do. I'll get a fleet of German shepherds. I'll get security dogs and we'll just secure this place. And I went to my boss, I was dead serious, I said, Jay, I'm going to find a place that has security dogs and you told me to secure the place, I'm going to secure it. Next morning, hi Mike, this is our legal office in Illinois. You can't do that. Why not? Well, somebody might get hurt. Well, they won't get hurt if they're not breaking in, yeah, but you still can't do that. You want me to secure the place, and everything I want to do is going to hurt somebody. So then I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. I thought, I know what I'll do. I will light this place up like Dodger Stadium. <laughs> it got approved. I said, Do I have a budget? Do I have any limits on how many lights I can get? I said, No, it's safe, it's legal, just do what you have to do. Contractor comes in, we walk. He says, where would you like the lights? I said, you don't understand. I want it like a football stadium. I want uh, like when you have like those fleet of lights in every corner, I want this to be lit up. Okay. I went on vacation for three days. They came in and they put it up. I'm going into work at about four in the morning on my day back. I get a call from one of the truck drivers, Mike. Yeah, man, you won't believe this. This place is lit up like Dodger Stadium. I saw it two miles away. I get off the turnpike, I get on Route 1, I'm two miles away, and in the dark Philadelphia night sky there's this beautiful haze of light, <laughs> like Field of Dreams. It was, it was wonderful, and it was a legendary accomplishment. <clears throat> they said, no, we never would have thought of that. It stopped the theft stopped. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness doesn't overcome it. It was darkness giving those people the cover to come in and do harm. And that light stopped it dead cold. We didn't need German shepherds. We didn't need razor wire, even though that would have been more fun. My boss still can't believe that I actually proposed that. He goes, Mike, you're serious. You wanted to get German shepherds. Uh, yeah, I did. So, John chapter 1 verse 5 says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Light always wins. It removes darkness every single time. The light of God can expose the hidden issues in our own hearts. This is a good thing. We want to hide from the light. But it's better for that light to shine on us now, on this side of eternity, right? Light is a good thing, and it drives away darkness. On the high seas, when you go to what's called a military blackout, you can't light a flashlight, you get in a lot of trouble, because from miles and miles away on a dark pitch black ocean, that light will be seen. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. Light always wins. Today, we'll explore the origins of light and darkness. We'll discuss the biblical meaning of these terms. We'll look at the impact upon our lives that drawing near to the light can have. But most importantly, we're going to look at the role that drawing near and gathering together, like today before God, has in ensuring that we stay under the light of His protection. A couple definitions. When I speak of light, young people, my students, here's what I'm talking about. Basically, that covering of God's protection. And you can think of it real simply. It's basically everything that's on God's side. Okay, at its most basic. And when I talk of darkness, I'm talking about Satan, his works and his strategies. Whenever Jesus talked to his disciples and really wanted truth to come home, he kept it short and simple. So there, that's the definition. God's side, Satan's side, light, darkness. Next. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through 4 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I would have loved to have been there. This is my favorite verse in the entire Bible. Verse 1 and 2. Verse 3 says, God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. So from the very beginning of time, light and darkness have always existed and there's always been a separation. In God's eyes, there's no middle ground. Keep that in mind. God doesn't deal with the hazy gray middle. In God's eyes, there's no in between. You're for him, you're against him. You're with the light or you're in the darkness against the light. And if you haven't chosen to be in the light, you're in the darkness. You're not in an in-between place waiting to make a decision. You're in the darkness if you're not in the light. Next. So what is of the light? Truth. Protection. Being in God's light, being under his protection. Hope. The absence of despair. There's great hope being in the light of God. Salvation, heaven. If you're new here today, or if you're listening or watching online, that inner thing that is inside of you that you don't reveal, like Jack Nicholson said, deep down in your heart, in places you don't talk about at parties, there's darkness. And no matter how much bravado you have, No matter how much you can convince others that you don't believe it, I submit to you, there's no such thing as an atheist. I'm sorry. That's just my belief. There's people that have talked themselves out of it or don't want to believe it. But God says he put eternity in our hearts. And there's hope coming to the light. What's of the darkness? Just the opposite of that. Lies, danger, despair, hopelessness. Condemnation and hell, light, darkness, no in between, truth, lies, protection, danger, despair and hopelessness, hope. Condemnation and hell, salvation, separated, no in between, one or the other. going to talk a little bit about believers in our church, us, you, me, we have a choice at any given time to go it alone or to gather together. And while God's presence is everywhere at all times and goes with the believer wherever they go, Scripture makes it crystal clear. There is a special dispensation of the light of God when we gather together. There's something about it Did you ever hear that one Supreme Court Justice, they were asking him about what the definition of this one legal term was? And instead of giving a long-winded answer, he said, "I, I don't know how to explain it, but I know it when I see it. You guys just know it. I don't have to explain it. When we come together, there's something different. There's something elevated about the power and the light and the presence of God scripture makes it clear that our battles were never meant to be fought alone against the enemy jesus said i will build my church he didn't say i will build my believer he said i will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it the gates of hell can prevail against the believer that's separate from the body of christ but when we gather together we're under that promise of god the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. You can pray two hours a day in the Spirit. You can fast. You can memorize Scripture. You can be a spiritual giant. But if you forsake the assembling together with your brothers and sisters, there's only so far you'll go. And you're still a sitting duck for the enemy. Doesn't matter how... I would rather be a person that... Has ups and downs, is real, is authentic, falls sometimes, picks himself, gets back up, but stays in the confines of the church, than to be a pure, massive spiritual giant, right? That's not assembling with the church. Give me that every time. Next. Our gathering together is linked between God's light and His grace. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. It's of no small importance that our gathering together is mentioned right between the light of God and the blood that forgives us. Right in between those two terms is this thing that says we have fellowship with one another. Why did that have to be said even before where it says that the blood of Jesus purifies us from sin? Does it mean that we're saved by going to church plus the blood of Jesus? No, it doesn't. It's only the blood of Jesus that saves us. Does the first part mean that if we walk in the light as he is in the light? That We can't enjoy His protection if we're not assembling together? No, there's a a measure of protection. But there's no substitute for assembling together. And you can take that however you want it. Coming together on Sunday, meeting with people, gathering. Again, you know what it is. Is this a corrective message? Absolutely not. Am I saying this because the elders said, Mike, can you give a message about... Unity and coming together in the church because anybody that knows me knows I'm much more focused on the outside anyway No, it doesn't mean that it's not corrective. It's just an encouraging message to say There's a power that you're under and that you can enjoy by gathering with God's people that you're never going to get alone We're in a pandemic. Of course, we've had to separate one from another And we're slowly getting back together. But I do believe there is gonna be like this question that's gonna come up. Well, geez, I've been kinda getting by just watching online. Kinda nice to sleep in, get that extra cup of coffee. Don't gotta gather the kids together. Come on, I don't know about you. I even thought that myself sometimes. I'm like, hey, this is pretty cool, you know? I still go to New Covenant. I can wake up at 10 of, have my coffee, watch it, and I'm home already. (laughs) Okay, so you didn't think that. (laughs) I've been here 40 years and I thought that. Okay? But I quickly realized now, there's no substitute. There's not. And I know that. I just tried talking myself into that. Right? Isn't it amazing what we can do when we want to hide the truth from ourselves? I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight right now and I've been up and down over the past like 30 years and I want to get back down. So I got this Weight Watchers app and you track your food on it, right? Like you literally track your food. I'm talking down to the number of tablespoons of ketchup you put on a hamburger, right? And yesterday I'm at a drive-in and I got this milkshake in front of me, right? And it says... Eight ounce milkshake, such and such points. And I'm looking at this thing and I know it's 16 ounces. You're not watching it. Nobody else is doing it. I'm only doing it for me. There's nobody watching. And I'm trying to cheat from myself. I'm like, uh, eight. That looks better. (laughs) As God is my witness. If I'm lying, I'm dying. That's what I did. Man, I fell off the wagon yesterday. I've been doing good for about three weeks. But after going to Geeker's Taco Drive-In, it was in the evening yesterday, and I just got really hungry. And I've been doing good for about three weeks. But I drove all the way down to Richard's Drive-In in in Easton then for dinner after going to Geeker's for lunch. (laughs) Now, I can't do that every day, but I did yesterday. Because Weight Watchers lets you cheat. You can borrow points and all that. And the same thing happened. I get down there and I get a hamburger with a bun, right? I'm like, you know, I'm putting in hamburger. Yeah, it's a hamburger. Now, I know that that's just the hamburger. It's not the hamburger in the bun, right? But I thought, well, it looks better. I'm thinking, this is crazy. There's nobody even watching me. I'm covering this from myself. We can try to hide from the light of God, can't we? We can try to hide. We invent ways to hide from him right? Even when nobody else is involved. You can have it all together in here, hug each other. Hi, how you doing? I'll pray for you, brother. But then you go back into real life. You get your first red light and somebody wants to cut you off, and then you find out what you're made of, right? And, and, but you try to hide it, right? You would never tell anybody that, but it really did happen, right? Uh, we invent ways to hide from God, but that's really stupid because God already sees it and when we cooperate with him we get grace next there's safety in numbers we see each other's blind spots when we get together i can't see my blind spot Uh, there you go i can't see my blind spot The thing about blind spots is you're blind to it. Like you don't walk around being aware of your blind spot, like, oh, okay, I got a blind spot over here. Uh, I'm aware of it. I'm just… No, you're blind. You don't see it, but your friends can see it. And when you're around people on a regular basis, it gives them an opportunity to speak into your life, to see your blind spot in ways that would never happen if you pull back and avoid gathering with God's people, right? And it's far better to see your blind spot on this side of eternity than to stand in front of Jesus on judgment day and see your blind spot. This is the place to get things revealed and to get them worked out. One thing about Jesus also, when he's dealing with our blind spots, he's really merciful about it. doesn't hammer us. He says, Look, you got a blind spot. Come on, son, you got to work on this, right? Let's work on this together. You can't work on it if you don't know about it. You can't know about it if somebody doesn't tell you, and you can't see your blind spot because you're blind to your blind spot. Lastly, when we're together, we're availed of God's full armor. I've got some pretty powerful spiritual gifts. So do all of you, right? Yours aren't the same as mine. When my gifts are in full operation, at the season and time they're meant to be in operation, they can do some powerful things. But there's things I can't do that you can do. And there's things that we can do that none of us can do alone, none of us, okay? I know Joe, when he was down there in Texas at that football tournament, right? It doesn't matter how great of a quarterback you have or how skilled your wide receiver is. If that team is not operating together, you best not even walk out on the field. Give me a team of people, average people that are committed to each other over a couple superstars any day and twice on Sunday. If you're feeling kind of average, kind of not real special today, that's okay because if you're sitting with other people like that together, you're really something, okay? You're really something. And the devil doesn't run away from individual believers. Oh, he does for a time, for a short season. He honors that, don't get me wrong. Are you saying, Mike, that when we fast and pray just in our own homes, it doesn't have effect? No, you guys know me better than that. Heck no, I'm all about that. I love spiritual stuff. Man, I love talking about that. I love talking about stuff that happens. It's great. I like seeing people slain in the spirit. I like seeing people delivered. It's awesome. But there's no substitute for gathering together. If you are regularly gathering with God's people, then when you leave God's people, then when you're alone, then your own giftings and your own ministry and warfare takes on a whole new level. Because you're coming back in and you're getting recharged. next everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in god i didn't like coming to the light with my app right but it didn't change the fact that i had a 16 ounce milkshake by the way i did go back and correct that Oh, it was ugly, man. Those points just went, but I need, you know, I got to see it. That's going to help me today, right? I did that with ketchup too. I was at my favorite lunch spot and I'm getting eggs and sausage. I'm putting ketchup on. I was going, how much ketchup did you have? I'm like, oh, it could have only been half a teaspoon. (laughs) It was like three tablespoons, but half a teaspoon sounds better. It made me feel better for a little bit. We shouldn't avoid the light of God. God already sees what's there. This is a tough scripture. It talks about practicing evil. Nobody wants to be thought of as practicing evil. So let's just call it practicing the things that are against God. Let's not do it. Let's not hide from God, right? Next, this is my 40 year observation. Those who I've seen fall away from a close relationship with God first pulled away from gathering with his people, not the other way. Uh, And that is without exception in every single case. Not one time have I ever seen somebody fall away from a close relationship with God and then his people but i've seen it the opposite way a lot of times people get ticked off they get offended they find reasons they pull away and soon you hear about them and they're just not walking with the lord anymore okay but the opposite is true if you stay in god and in his people and in the light there's that level of protection there next so i'm going to close direct challenge Let us this day reaffirm and recommit ourselves to the gathering of God's people when and where we know we are called to do so. Okay, I could go on for 20 minutes and elaborate on that and find biblical definitions, but I'm just going to say it one more time and leave it there. Let's today, all of us, me included, reaffirm and recommit ourselves to the gathering of God's people when and where we know we are called to do so. Now what I want to do... So I want to talk to people that have never come into the light who this is strange to. This is what we know is our gospel presentation time, but I've left a little extra time for it. This is very important. So if you're watching, and as I've been talking, and you've heard the term light, and inside you know you're not there. You just know. You know, you just know. I knew 40 years ago. Nobody had to tell me. I knew I was on the wrong side of God. Isaiah chapter nine, verse one says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The light is many things. It's truth, it's peace, it's hope, but it's a person. Jesus is the light of life. If you want to come to the light, you have to come to Jesus. So choose this day, will you come to the light or remain in the darkness? Jesus said of himself in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Choose this day. Will you come to the light or remain in darkness? Luke chapter 17, verse 24 says, The Son of Man in his day will be like the lightning which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. Choose this day. Will you come to the light or remain in darkness? And as he was being led out to be crucified, Jesus told of the terror that would overtake those who choose to remain in darkness until the day of his return. It says that those people will say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. But there is no darkness, there's no place of hiding that the light of God can't penetrate. And those people who say to the rocks, cover us, and the hills hide us, they won't be able to hide from the piercing light of Christ on Judgment Day. But today you can come to that light in mercy. So choose this day, will you come to the light or remain in darkness? How does a person escape from the darkness? How can a person come under and into the light of God? by turning to the one who is the light of God, Jesus Christ. First John chapter one, verse seven says, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. If you're watching online today, if you're here, if this has been kind of cloaked to you and you quite didn't understand, But you know you're not in the light choose this day will you remain in the darkness or will you come to the light if you're remaining in the darkness that's where you're at there's no in between there's not a place where you're deciding to be in darkness or light jesus said if you're not of him you're against him so if you haven't come to the light you're in darkness Revelation chapter 22 verse 4 says there will be no more night in heaven They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the Sun for the Lord God will give them light Don't you want to be in that place when you die? If you don't know that that's where you're gonna go then you can do it today Just by asking Christ into your life. So what I'd like to do right now Instead of saying the prayer like we normally do, I'd like to invite anybody who's a prayer person here, if you're respected, you're an elder, you're an ex-elder, you and your wife, you typically pray, can we get three or four couples up here right now? Don't be shy. Um, Kids, hey, Joe, you wanna come up? Uh, Anybody else wanna come up and pray? And what I wanna do is I wanna invite anybody that hasn't come to the light to come to the light, to come to Jesus to ask him into their heart. But here's what I also want to do. If you have been in a battle and you've been fighting a battle faithfully on your own for somebody or yourself, there's extra power here today under the gathering of God's people. So the invitation is for you to also come up and bring that warfare, bring that person you've been praying for and in the gathering of God's people where the light is higher and intensified, not that it's not there when you're alone, but it's greater when God's people are together. Feel free to come up and pray and get prayer. And if you know that you need to reaffirm, yeah, I do need to gather with God's people. I'm kind of a spiritual maverick, but I just am saying to you, God, that I appreciate your people and I'm gonna gonna gather together with them with a new commitment and a new fervor. And you wanna declare that come up. I want to tell you something. There's grace up here today. The gospel was preached and the Bible says signs and wonders follow the preaching of the gospel. I did not mince words. I did not hold back. So now I fully expect the power of the gospel to be here. If there's anything you need, feel free to come up.